Our study of Hebrews chapter 7 continues with verse 11, and we welcome you to the Radio Bible Course. In the first ten verses of this chapter, the author has been discussing Melchizedek, the unique priest of the Old Testament. The author's goal in this presentation was to convince the Hebrews that while the Levitical priesthood was ordained by God, the Old Testament testifies to an even greater priesthood. He supports that by stating that the forefather of all the priests, who was Abraham, paid a tithe to a priest known as Melchizedek, and this priest in turn blessed Abraham. Then in verse 7 he declares that it is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior, of course, which means that Melchizedek is superior to the father of the Jews. Now, there is no question about any of this reasoning. Genesis chapter 14 supports this. The author earlier in chapter 6, especially verses 19 and 20, stated that Jesus is a priest after the order of Melchizedek, which logically makes him a superior priest to the priests of Judaism. This is part of the powerful argument which the author presents to depreciate the Levitical priesthood in order that Hebrews will be satisfied with Jesus, the better priest sent by God. And he hopes that they will embrace him as they abandon the Aaronic priesthood. In chapter 7, beginning with verse 11, the author continues this same subject to exalt Jesus over the Levitical priests. The priesthood is not of great importance to many of you who are listening to this program because you are not concerned with priests today, that is, most of you, perhaps. But some of you, like myself, come from a religious background where there were priests. The question arises, should we have priests in Christendom? What is our relationship to them? The author will deal with these questions in chapters 7 through 10, where he will demonstrate that the priesthood has ended because of a new kind of priest. If you still need a priest, as these Hebrews seem to have had that need, then you may be relying on someone to accomplish for you what Jesus has already completed for you. What the author will point out in the text before us is that there were limitations to the priesthood under the law. You will often hear that the church has replaced Israel, and since Israel had priests, then the succeeding church ought to have priests. Well, if we reason that way, then we could also conclude that since they had an altar and sacrifices, then we in the church ought to have an altar and sacrifices. And since Israel had a house of God, where God's presence was made known, then we also need a house of God. And we can further reason that since the Jews followed the laws of Moses, and we have replaced the Jews, we ought to try to follow those laws also. But the author 
of this epistle to the Hebrews is going to teach us that all those things of Judaism are for the past. They have ended. And we are under a new administration of God. There is a new priest and a new hope. God has established a new creation with a new hope, and he has abolished the old administration. However, some Christians want to retain that old, and I can understand the reluctance to abandon what they were taught. From childhood, some of you, as myself, were introduced to the Ten Commandments in Sunday school. And, in a sense, we were brought along in the Christian faith as Jewish Christians who followed rules and laws. And by the fact that they taught us these commandments, they implied to us that if we kept them, that somehow God would be more receptive of us. There was merit implied by those commandments. We focused on legalistic behavior instead of a person, Jesus Christ. Now, before we go on, I want to read verses 11 through 14 of Hebrews chapter 7. Now, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek? rather than one named after the order of Aaron. For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. For the one of whom these things are spoken belong to another tribe from which no one has ever served at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, and in connection with that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. There are limitations of the priesthood. Long before the law was given to the children of Israel through Moses, there were men who offered sacrifices and served as priests. Moses' father-in-law was a priest of Midian. Jacob, prior to his sojourn in Egypt, offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. You read about that in Genesis 46, verse 1. Even before that time, Abraham built altars to the Lord at Bethel and Hebron. There was no legal establishment of a priesthood back in those days, but with the coming of the law age, the priesthood was restricted to the sons of Levi. That was one of the twelve tribes of Israel. The law was given to people under this priesthood. That's stated in verse 11. Listen to it again. Now, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek? That verse tells us about the establishment of the priesthood. It was restricted to the sons of Levi but it also tells us that no perfection was possible under that law. When man failed under that law, it, the law called for a sacrifice conducted by the priest. Without priests, men could 
not draw near to God because sin caused a separation. Without the priesthood to bring man back to God by a sacrifice, the law would offer nothing to man. If a law is present, then priests are necessary, and necessary continually. The system of law failed to such an extent that a new kind of priest was needed. And verse 11 argues the need for this new kind of priesthood made necessary by the failure of the Levitical priesthood. The fact that a new priesthood was introduced is evidence of the failure of the former. And also, it indicates that the Levitical priesthood was of a temporary nature. Christ came as a priest after a different order. The old priesthood is thus abolished by the new. This would have great significance to Jews who never considered the end of that priesthood, after all. Was it not God who established that priesthood? It was indeed. But God had foretold by David in Psalm 110 verse 4 that there was another priesthood that was eternal, and the Jew studying the scriptures should have discovered that. David, in regard to that priesthood, said, You are a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. Of whom was he speaking? Obviously, the Messiah, the one that the prophets had talked about. He would be a priest of a different order. But why would God do away with a priesthood which he established? Because there was a weakness, and what was that weakness? No perfection could be attained. What do we mean by perfection? Well, the Greek word here is teleosis, and that refers to something that is being completed. It's the act of completing something. This word is used in connection with either a person or an institution or a group that completes or achieves its goal. Now, what was the goal of the Old Testament priesthood? What was its purpose? It first had to remove the barrier of sin between God and man, and this includes reconciling man to God. If there were no sin, we wouldn't need priests. Priests dealt with sin. Man's problem is sin, which is a barrier to God, and the priest needed to resolve that problem. He also was concerned with the offender, the sinner. But in addition, he had to deal with an offended God who required punishment for sin. The conclusion of all this is that man by his sin is separated from God. What a tremendous task a priest had, even a high priest. Could anyone in the Old Testament accomplish what was needed? Not at all, because even the high priest was a man, and he too sinned. No human priest could fully accomplish what needed to be done. That's the point of verse 11. There was no perfection under the Levitical priesthood. These problems surrounding the sinfulness of man form the basis of important New Testament doctrines. There is the sinful man, a required payment, and an offended God. 
and the doctrine which concerns sinful man is called reconciliation. The doctrine concerning a required payment is referred to as redemption. The doctrine of appeasing an offended God is called propitiation. This refers to satisfying God's offended righteousness. Now, how does Christ fit into this? Christ is the priest after the order of Melchizedek. By sacrificing himself, and he was the only qualified man who was able to make an acceptable offering by the fact of his sinlessness, Christ on the cross made redemption for us. He reconciled man to God, and he propitiated God. It is not Jesus' teachings that are ever said to make a sinner right with God. Oh, his teachings are important, to be sure. But it's his sacrificial death that makes a person right with God. Sin had to have a satisfactory payment according to God's law. Only the cross work of Christ suffices for the removal of sin. He is the only priest who can help us. The Radio Bible Course has a gift for you. And the word gift, of course, means something free. It's our booklet entitled Heaven's Password. This is a study of the critical word of salvation, the word believe. You'll be blessed by this and you'll be built up in the faith. Write for your free copy today. Ask for Heaven's Password. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.